Excuse me for interrupting this podcast. Uh, Pat Cashman here, and I have a very special announcement to make uh, about the podcast and something I think will be great news to our listeners. Joining me is Michael Rowe. He is the Executive Vice President of Microsoft. Maybe you've heard of them. Welcome, sir, to Peculiar Podcast. Well, thank you for having me, Mr. Cushman. Cashman. Even better. I like that. Cashman. All right, sir. And I want to thank you for having me. Sure. Uh, And we're honored to have such an exalted figure from Microsoft with us today. Well, actually... uh, You know, one of the things we've long hoped for here on the podcast is about to uh, happen. Can I uh, interrupt you for a moment, Mr. Cushman? Cashman, and certainly, sir. I just wanted to thank you for having me here. And And, and can I just say that the difference between this podcast Uh and other so-called more successful podcasts... Right, right. ...is the idea of having a major sponsor. Okay. An advertiser to pay the bills. Uh Uh-huh. Give Lisa Foster and me an actual income well, from um, this effort. Yeah. And uh, add credibility and luster uh-huh. to this podcast enterprise. Okay. And that uh, is why Mr. Michael Rowe is here today. Well, To um, announce that the company he is with, Microsoft, um, is announcing its 100% sponsorship uh, sir? and underwriting of Peculiar Podcast. I, I want to say two things about that. Okay. Uh, thanks for having me, first of all. Right, right. And two, I am not with Microsoft. Huh? My company is Micro. Microsoft. Microsoft. Yeah, we're a toilet paper company. Okay. And we want to do a quid pro quo deal. What does that mean? That means you plug our company, we give you four rolls a month. Get out of here, Micro. Okay, five rolls. Beat it. It's two ply. Get lost. It's really soft. Thanks for nothing. And thank you for having me. It's time for Peculiar Podcast, hosted by Pat Cashman. Gorgeous to look at. And Lisa Foster. She's dangerous. See, you're on. Ready or not, it's Pat and Lisa. <laughs> can you dig it? Yeah, yeah, I can dig it. Yeah. It's love and time. time. I don't remember what year this song came out, but it was so gigantic. It was far and away uh, the number one song. When you're alone and life is making you lonely, you can always go downtown. This is it, Downtown, Petula Clark. Monster hit, monster. Downtown, just listen to the music of the traffic in the city. I, I, they don't have songs this big anymore, I don't think. It was on every radio station all the time. And it's kind of a, eh, so what song, you know, but for some reason it hit and it hit big. It's very catchy. Yeah, and I, I mention it because uh, one of the guys, uh, the guy that was a record-making uh, executive has passed away. You know, we like to start these things with some bad news. Uh, a guy named Joe Smith. Wasn't, wasn't hard for him to check in the motels, I'm sure. Joe Smith died at 91. But he spanned all these musical eras, uh, Peter, Paul, and Mary, Grateful Dead, Queen, and Petula Clark. Uh, so his career stretched way out in the early days of rock and roll all the way to the 1990s. Joe Smith, 91. Wow. Of course, that's not my favorite version of Downtown. Uh, my favorite version is by a woman named Mrs. Miller. Do you remember mm-hmm. her? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was her version. When you're alone and life's making you lonely, you can always go Now that's really bringing it. Mrs. Miller was one of those people that was a novelty singer. And I don't think we have novelty stuff anymore. Maybe Weird Al would be the closest mm-hmm. thing for people. But there used to be a bunch of oddball novelty type of singers and songs. And Mrs. Miller, for a brief period of time, was huge. She was she was older as, as she sounds. Had, uh, had a pretty mediocre voice. I don't know who discovered her, who thought, you know, this could be kind of a big deal. And she was, uh, she was, she was a hit because she was so odd. Plus she could whistle. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, check her whistling out. And pretty good, pretty good. Okay, so uh, how you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. I'm uh, in the in the thick of the holidays, but I'm not going to put up a tree this year again. What? I just, what? It just feels like too much what? work. Yeah, I know. I just I wonder if I'm. How about at I, least a plant or something? I don't know. A I little bush. I don't know. I put a wreath up. I think that's, I'm good. I'm already exhausted from that. So, but I, uh, I, I kind of at this time of year too feel like, well, maybe I could get some closets organized. I'm home for a while. I'm not traveling on the road. So I started looking into this, uh, this Marie Kondo, uh, this woman who, who has a, a decluttering show and uh, she wrote a book called The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying. And it's like sold like three zillion copies. But oh, come it's, on. it's really interesting how she tackles tidying. A clean-up woman is a woman who gets all the lovely girls leave behind. If you're in the mood to clean stuff up do you do it by room do you say all right today i'm gonna i'm gonna clean out the kitchen or i'm gonna clean out this this bedroom or whatever is that kind of how you would approach it well i kind of do approach things uh, on an individual basis i mean if you say i'm gonna clean my entire house that's too daunting that's, that's too big right can't get your your little noggin around that right. at least i can so I decide on a specific room or even a specific area. And if I can do that, my garage is perennially cluttered. Yeah. It's just a big mess. Yeah. But where else am I going to put stuff other than either it trots on down to the Goodwill yeah. or another secondhand store? Or sometimes we have nice enough furniture pieces, we can sell those. Yeah. And then other times it's just off to the dump where they know me by my first name now yeah so. hey pat how you doing good how much junk you got well take a look mm-hmm. oh good hey you covered your load good job yeah through garbage dumps he sought his game hooked
Well, her her approach is not to do it room by room. Her approach. And hey, by by the way, may I just uh, interject my opinion that that is complete balderdash. Uh, that some person sets themselves up to make money to teach you how to do something that it should be easy and intuitive for anybody. I mean, I don't need her. Why does she get to tell you how to clean up your house or tidy up? Well, you can figure that out for yourself and save a few bucks, right? I suppose, but sometimes it's too overwhelming and it helps to... Scam. <laughs> Scam. <laughs> really? Huh. Scambination pizza. That's what that is. Yes. Really? It's a, it's a scam. Huh. Yeah, so it's like somebody teaching you how to. Well, didn't you? I don't know. Didn't you just say your garage is a mess? Sounds like you really don't have that handled. Maybe you do need somebody to help you sort of figure that well, out. Well, I know what to do. I, I know what to do. <laughs> for for me, it's a matter of how ruthless do I want to be. Yeah. Well, this sometimes is, I get. This is her whole point. Now, this. Here's here's an example. You know, when you and I did radio years ago, there there were not MP3s and as much digital recording. Mm-hmm. Uh, handy on on a, on a computer so when we and i used a lot of music on our show and so we worked with a guy named dustin hornby who was just a musical uh prodigy when it came to remembering songs and pulling uh, appropriate tunes for our podcast he was great uh, for our radio show so that's kind of bled over into my podcasting and so i used to, when we started this podcast i used to play uh, stuff off of CDs because I have literally hundreds of them accumulated through the years of doing radio. And so I had these big boxes of CDs I was lugging around mm-hmm. everywhere. And then finally, some light came on in my brain and I said, I, d- I don't, why do I have all these CDs? Any song I have here, I can find on YouTube or elsewhere. Mm-hmm. I don't need these CDs. So I went downtown and I looked around and there were some people like at record stores, we buy CDs. And I'd bring them in and, you know, they'd give you 25 cents maybe for a CD if it was in good shape. And they'd pick through the boxes and, uh, this one's okay. I don't want that one. Don't want that one. Don't. Oh, we could have this one. And I finally said, this is a pain in the rear. I'm not yeah. doing this. And, uh, and one day I just packed them all up. With saved just a few that meant something to me, and I took them to the dump. Yep. And I remember looking down into that transfer trailer, and mm. this, and hundreds of CDs are sitting down there, and I felt moder- moderately wistful at first, but as soon as I drove away, I thought, Ah. Yeah. It's time to move on. It's time to get going. What lies ahead, I have no way. Under my feet, baby, grass is growing. It's time to move on. Time to get going. But I have to get to that point where I can just say, I'm going to jettison this thing. Uh, got rid of a couple. Ca- I took a car to the dump. Uh, not, not really. But, uh, really, there. And, and when and we moved a few years ago, as you know, packed up, moved, and. So a lot of our stuff was in storage. And after two years, if you don't really miss something, you don't need it. And so I'd go into storage and I'd say, oh, that I forgot about this thing. I'm going to throw this away. I don't need it. So it, it you can't do it willy-nilly. You can't do it in one big moment, one day. But over time... You know, it's good to it's good to just jettison stuff. And it's amazing how little you miss it once it's gone. Yeah, that... 
Because after all, you can't take it with That's you her, anyway. That's her her approach too, and in in but but as I was starting to point out, is that most people when they're getting ready to sort of clean things and organize and and downsize and 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 part with things that are overwhelming them, our possessions can really weigh us down. Um, we all we start by a room or a closet. And her approach is actually really interesting. Her approach is you actually, uh, you start with, there's a, there's a, there's, there's uh, five different categories. The very first category you start with is clothing. You go through your whole house and you bring every piece of clothing, every undergarment, yep. every sock, yep. every coat, every scarf, every mitten, every pair of and pants. And I think you start with the ones you're wearing. you own Take those clothes lines, right off your bring body. Bring it into one room, and you have to. Your her her other rules. You have to touch everything, and and the old the, her the the joke is: Does it spark joy? It's not a joke. That's her thing. But everybody says, "Does this spark joy for me?" Which I don't believe I'm going to actually say. I'm just going to say, "Do I want it or not?" But I think that's interesting. Then once you've gotten all your clothes done, uh, and organized, and either given away or tossed out, then you move on to books. You take every book you you have in your house, you put them all in mm. one room, and you go through them all and do the same thing. Then the next that, thing that might be the toughest. Then the next for me. thing is uh, miscellaneous, uh, and then the final. There's one more in there. I can't remember what it is, but the final thing is personal mementos, and the Living reason creatures. those are last is because those are the most difficult for people to part with. So you get a lot of practice doing it this way, according to her. I haven't tried it. Where you start with clothing, which really doesn't have a whole lot of uh, feelings behind it, and then books, and then all this, and then you get to the final stuff is personal stuff. Like I have stuff from my mom. You know, my mom passed away when I was 29 years old. And I kind of need to go through all that still. I'm hanging on to stuff that I don't really need to hang on to yeah. for her, but it's yeah. hard. I have I have I have stuff from my mom and my dad uh, that they never noticed that I had stolen <laughs> that's from nice. them. That's and nice. I still have it. So anyway, yeah. so that's kind of where I'm at at this time of year. It's uh, I got my wreath up, and I'm gonna I'm gonna purging. start. Yeah, I, I just like the idea yeah. of getting rid of stuff that I don't need. Um, they always say that, that your house... Like a conscience. Yeah. Who needs exactly. that? So. Yeah. That's the yeah. first thing I'm getting rid of. Somebody asked me uh, what uh, what uh, on Thanksgiving, what are you what are you grateful for? What are you thankful for on this Thanksgiving? And I said, uh, I, I guess it would be uh, term limits. Yeah, no kidding. Um, we both have uh, dogs, and we're not going to, you know, give those away. I, I think I'm, I'm always stunned when I go to the, and 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 we can't even stop at the Humane Society because oh, we know we take ho- know. home all the animals, every animal there. But I'm always kind of stunned by how these animals wind up there. A lot of times you'll hear stories about people who said, "Well, we were moving, or uh, I took a job in another city, and then we just we couldn't keep." Uh, peaches around anymore i just yeah. had we couldn't move and so we gave her away I, don't I, th- I just don't get that i i think to me that'd be such a high priority it'd be even a reason 
why I would take a job or mm-hmm. or would move another yeah. place or not, depending on whether my animal could go with me. But I, I, I don't mean to judge other people, but I just, I, that's just something I couldn't do. I read this um, little article, uh, and uh, this is out of AARP Magazine. Or as I like to call it, Oop <laughs> Magazine. You act. You and, actually uh, subscribe they, they to ARP Magazine, or they just send it to you because you're old. Yeah, they send it to me because of my my uh, superannuated state. And you get these little magazines, and one of the things that they are really big on at the AARP is fraud, uh, and especially well, uh, senior citizens for it getting preyed time. upon by people. Yeah, the yeah the so they have a fraud team. People are might call you up and say they're from Medicare and they need to confirm your number in order to send out your new Medicare card. And all they want from you is, you know, some information, what's your social security number, et cetera. It, just about anything where you get called mm-hmm. by someone, like social security, Medicare, the they IRS. never will call you. They'll send you, the IRS doesn't call you. They'll send you a letter, and if it's a certified letter, you're probably in big trouble. But so one of the things they said they were getting at this fraud watch network was about cheating people with the promise of a puppy. And uh, this 58-year-old guy from Georgia paid 1500 bucks for the safe delivery of a puppy that he had oh. seen advertised. In this oh case, it was on Facebook. So the, the seller had him buy gift cards and read oh. the numbers over the phone. And then guess what? Right. The dog never arrived. A 74-year-old guy in Florida sent a $200 gift card for a puppy he saw on Craigslist. He got cheated. So they the watchword is, if you're looking for a furry friend, look locally at the Humane mm-hmm. Society or wherever you can meet in person with the seller and see and the facilities. See the dog. If you buy from a classified... Yeah, never wire money, never use gift cards to send money, or just visit a, a local rescue shelter. How much is that dog in the window? <laughs> the one with the waggly tail. How much is that dog in the window? <laughs> I do hope that doggie is for sale. Yeah, you got to be careful too with those gift cards this time of year, uh, because I, the, the scammers are doing something in the stores. You know how you can go into a store and there's a rack of gift cards that you can purchase that have preloaded amounts on them. You got to check and make sure that yeah. that pin yeah, number is yeah. not scratched. The, the the little covering isn't scratched off because the minute you take that to get it activated at the cashier, that's somehow the they know how to activate it and take all the money out of the card. So if you give a gift card to somebody oh. and it, it doesn't work, it's because it's somebody stole the money. So you got to be careful with those gift cards too when you're buying those. So uh, I uh, maybe I've mentioned this to you before, but I thought it would be funny to send a. Uh, to go to the Dollar Tree and send as a gift one dollar gift card to the Dollar Tree to people, uh, and uh, so I, I when I was in a Dollar Tree recently, I asked the clerk. I said, "Hey, uh, you guys have gift cards here?" They said, "Yes." I said, "How much could I get? What's the lowest uh, denomination I could get on a gift card?" And they said, "Oh, it'd be five dollars." Yeah. I said, mm, "Nuts, mm, five dollars." So then I thought, well, now wait a minute. I'll take a $5 gift card and I'll spend $4 <laughs> of it. So there's only one buck left on it and then give that as a is gift. Is that so, what I'm 
Is that so what I'm I think getting you know for how Christmas? My, I can't say for sure, but yeah, uh, I think you're gonna. I think you might be the recipient of my first ever effort okay. to give one dollar right. as a gift. Just, so, just as long as so you don't buy me an that. exercise bike, I'll be happy. Hey, uh, tell me, uh, do you are you aware of this exercise bike yeah, they've been advertising I, on TV? That's what I wanted to talk to you What's about. What's it so called? This is uh, a, yeah, I do. I know maybe the whole you know. story. This is epic. It's the Peloton what? and the in the hashtag. Okay, that's it. Hashtag Peloton wife has just gone bananas on on Twitter on social media this past week. You know, it is so interesting. I'm aware of this controversy, and the first time I saw that ad, it was before. There was any publicity about it? The very well, first time I saw that ad, and, and who uh, don't know what it is. So the video, yes. So the yeah, video maybe is about I can, a woman maybe I can whose find husband it. gives her a Peloton exercise bike in uh, for Christmas, and she uh, she she's rail it's thin. Thrilled. First of all, she's got no meat on her bones, yeah. and she's well. Yeah, she, she starts looks out that way. Scared me, but anyway. So she's she's like, okay, first time I'm gonna stick with it, and she videotapes her journey for a whole year. And the end of the commercial is her playing all these clips of her uh, sticking with this for a year and letting her husband watch it. Right. So you know, everybody's um, had a litter of kittens over this thing for a lot of reasons but the one that m- a lot of people are are accusing peloton of is sort of reinforcing these sexist ideas that you know wives have to keep them looking keep themselves looking good or a peloton give it up for our first time ride right, first ride i'm a little nervous but excited let's do this five days in a row you surprised i am 6 a.m. Yay. Rising with the sun. That was totally worth it. Let's go, Grace and Boston. 50 rides. She just said my name. A year ago, I didn't realize how much this would change me. Thank you. This holiday, give the gift of Peloton. Okay, so that's that's the deal. So what's your okay, t- what well, was your take on it when you first saw it? Woman, like you said, it looks in yes. absolutely perfect shape if she's yeah, not exactly. actually anorexic. And she gets this machine with the implicit idea that, oh mm-hmm. boy, this is going to change my life. This is something I need for myself. I'm going to really, this will be great. Never specifically stating that it's to get in shape. It's just there's some sort of magical allure mm-hmm. about having this machine. And then, and then, like you said, uh, on her smartphone, she documents herself, her progress over a period of time and saying, she says initially, well, I, I'm kind of scared, but uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to get, giving it a go. And, and, and then it's this whole long thing. A year later, like you said, here she is exactly, looking exactly the same as she did before. She never yeah. needed to lose any weight. So I mm-hmm. thought that was pretty bogus. And that was my initial hit when I first watched it. I thought it'd make more sense. They could have at least had her like in baggy clothes or something. Mm-hmm. So she looked a little... You know, a little more corpulent than she really, really was. But she looks rail thin from the moment she gets mm-hmm. that that gift of this exercise machine until the last day when she yeah. when the commercial ends. They should have hired a person who is genuinely overweight and then charted progress over the course mm-hmm. of an actual year to see what happened okay. over the course. All of All right, year. that sure. would have been okay. honest well, let's advertising. Say they did that. Me. Now, would you still though have a problem with the husband buying the exercise bike for her? 
Well, I got the idea from the ad, and that she this is something oh, she requested. Okay. This is a machine okay. and, and she that's, wanted. That's what and, I, I mean, was sort was, of wondering too. Is really not uh, implied one way or the other that that he bought it because he was. I, I do think people just fly into these um, fits of of self righteousness, and it, to me, yeah. it was it the the thing I had a problem with is what you have a problem with, Pat, and that was that they didn't show use the right person for the ad. I at no time thought that the husband yeah. was forcing her to actually. <laughs> do this so no so. i never got that but i but i thought i thought yeah. it was silly she was so tremulous with excitement when she gets it first ride i'm a little nervous but excited it is so inner directed yeah. so yeah ego driven like oh i'm doing yeah. that this is gonna be great and oh i can't wait to see right. what happens to me and i'm ex- i'm scared and me 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 and, and then, i just yeah, thought, she yeah, said my name just, this, this one swings and misses so this is the other piece of this that you may not be aware aware of but in a twist which is pretty hilarious and, pr- Ooh, and I love, pretty smart I love twists. Too, uh, or the actor ryan reynolds oh, hubba 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 if i were only 100 years younger ryan reynolds has uh, a company called aviation gin so if you are a if you're a gin mm, if you're reynolds. a gin drinker Ooh, you're gonna hubba. love this stuff i don't drink gin but basically, Ryan Reynolds hijacked the Peloton wife for his aviation gin commercial. If you haven't seen it, go Google it. It's pretty funny. What happens in this commercial is it shows the woman, the Peloton woman, in the commercial sitting between two girlfriends with a drink, obviously looking a little shaken up. And one of the gals says, You're safe here. So the woman proceeds to down this gin martini pretty quickly. She says, This gin is really smooth. And and, and I think I'll go work out now. So the, the twist on this is that she's she's there because of this this fallout from the Peloton thing, and then yeah. Well, the twist is also the lemon. Then it shifts to a picture of the aviation gin, and one of the girls. The last line of the, the kicker line is, "You look great, by the way," which is obviously a reference to the Peloton commercial. So it's pretty brilliant when you can capitalize on someone else. And I love that this actress, the Peloton actress, said, "Yes, I'll do it." I love that. And now the Peloton husband, the actor in the commercial, is all do, do we yeah, do we ever see that guy? He's all upset because he's like, well, you know, oh, I just uh, I'm just in this commercial. I don't want this to ruin my career, and and it wasn't meant the way people are taking it. And so he's 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 going about this the wrong way. But it is pretty funny how this stuff can get uh, out of hand a bit. But some people are saying, yeah, you know what? Peloton lost a billion dollars in stocks after that commercial aired because people hated it. There was such a backlash. And other people are saying, no, it's actually really good because now their name, there's no such thing as bad publicity. Well, that's what Hitler used to say. You know, they they also have the opportunity. And I don't know how successful Domino's Pizza was at this. Remember they did that kind of reverse campaign where they had some spokesman for Domino's, if not Uh the president himself of the company come on and say there comes a time when you know you've got to make a change you know you can't lead a, a, a company like this unless you love food i love food i love pizza pizza where's the love how are it's bread sauce cheese fresh ingredients doesn't feel like there's much love in domino's pizza domino's pizza crust to me is like cardboard i hear what some folks are saying about our stuff worst excuse for pizza i've ever had the sauce tastes like ketchup totally void of flavor 
cardboard complaint is the most common one. This we hear over and over and over. I mean, that hits you right in the heart. This is what we've done. This is what I've done, you know, for 25 years now. You can either use negative comments to get you down, or you can use them to excite you and energize your process of making a better pizza. We did the latter. To paraphrase it, he said, basically, I know we've had kind of crappy pizzas recently, and we're really sorry about that, and we're going to make them really good now. And uh, it was kind of like, uh, mm -hmm. let's start over again. Uh, I know our reputation's a little shoddy right now, but we're going to make really good pizzas, and they're going to be good, and they're going to be delivered on time. And com companies, as well as uh, individuals, uh, have a lot of trouble, especially these days, saying they made a mistake, or apologizing, or or showing any chink in the armor. And in this case, I thought, man, that was an interesting approach. I don't know if it works. Uh, I'd never heard the outcome of their, their sales or something, but they apparently felt we were in such a situation now that we, we need to take that risk and see what happens. When the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie, that's amore. We were talking about dogs, and I saw this thing. Actually, my wife spotted it. I think it was on Facebook, but it was from an ABC TV news story. Uh, it's just one of those little kicker things about this uh, thing that wound up on YouTube of a guy who's got this little tiny dog. People call them yappy dogs. And that, that's what it was. It was kind of a little, it looks like one of those, if you stuck a, a, a stick of wood into it, it'd be a mop. You know, you could clean your, clean your floors with them. It's one of those oh. kind of dogs. Well... Okay. I don't know what kind of routine your dogs go through when it's time for for them to eat. They, my dogs let let us know. <laughs> Our one dog doesn't say anything, but it or bark. It just looks at me with these doleful eyes. This this really uh, how a dog can have a sad face. My dogs, my dogs look at my dogs look at their wrist like, <laughs> like they've got a watch on, and then they look at me, and then they look at their wrist. Well, this I'm dog like, oh, okay, on this video. I get it. Uh, starts screaming when it's time to eat. It lets and here's a little of the audio of the. I'm not. I'm not exaggerating. This. This is what the noise this little dog makes. First of all, you have to put an end to the noise, so you immediately run for the Alpo. You have to. Here, shove right. this in your maw. Well, well, that's how the yeah, that's how you train the dog to scream. So well, I don't, I don't <laughs> know if I could take that. And the neighbors are wondering, oh my God, the Cashmans are beating their children again. Listen to that. <laughs> well, old man Cashman's working his wife over again. Or she's working him yeah. over, one or the other. That always makes me laugh, though, when people go, I just, I don't know why the do he's do he does this. Because you reinforce yeah. it by giving them what they want. There's also an article I saw about the world's noisiest bird. Talk about that dog. Ornithologist is a, is a bird person, and they've identified the noisiest bird on planet Earth. And they say the call is, and it's just not a huge bird. The call is as loud as a pile driver. They, they, you find it in the Amazon rainforest, at least as long as we have an Amazon rainforest. And it's a, a, a male white bellbird, it is called. And it can reach volumes of 125 decibels. Wow. That is at least nine times louder than its noisiest rival. A, tip, wow. a typical human voice is about 60 if you're yelling. This thing's 125 wow. decibels. It's a metallic tone. 
Uh, I think that I see. I'm going to see if I can find as we're recording this. I have an assumption that I can find the sound of this bird somewhere, YouTube or something, and I'll I'll play it right now. Did I ever tell you about the guy I knew that we all decided had the loudest yell in the world? Uh, it was a friend of mine. We were in high school together. His name's Dean, and he had an unbelievably loud yell. I mean, we just we our jaws would drop. We couldn't believe how loud he could yell, and probably still can. So in my in this little town where we're living now, where I grew up. There, in the middle of town, which was actually on the outskirts of town when we were when we were kids, there was a mound, a cinder cone, which is something short of a mountain, but it's still a pretty tall edifice that is created when there's volcanic activity. And there's a lot of volcanic activity in central Oregon. That's how Crater Lake was, in, you know, formed. And oh. and this cinder cone would blow out all this cinder, and then it would form this big mound that would be left behind. And they're, they're dotted all over the, this area. Well, near town is one called Pilot Butte. It used to be a place, you, there's a road up to it, so you could go drive up there. When we were in high school, people would drive up there and go make out. It was a good make out place. You'd nice. go out in your car. and I just would drive up there with my two friends, two guys, and we'd just look around and watch other people making out. Say, man, I wish that was us. Yeah, maybe someday. And then we drive down. But so we put my friend at the top of Pilot Butte. And it's a good 300 feet up in the air. And then we would go down to the bottom of Pilot Butte. And we'd, we'd tell him to yell. We had we had used walkie-talkies in those days. We'd tell him to yell as loud as and see if we could hear him. And it may sound like, oh, that wouldn't be a big deal. But you couldn't hear. Mm-hmm. You couldn't even care a hear a car backfiring from up there because it, it first of all it's way up in the air so the sound is yeah. going to go up it's not going to go down right and right. but damned if we could not hear him just <laughs> yelling just way in the distance yeah. there he was wow he wow. he is astounding what a gift <laughs> yeah hopefully if, he used it for if you're ever hiking it make sure he's with you cuz the, the authorities will be able to find you yeah. Okay, I got two for you. Uh, hopefully one of these will hit a home run or at least a stand-up triple. Are you ready? Okay, yeah. All right, here we go. And I hope I haven't told this one before, but I might have. There's an old rancher in Montana, and he hates wearing a seatbelt. He just won't wear them. He just, he, he just likes to drive fast, but he doesn't want to put a seatbelt on because when once you get to where you're going, you just have to take it off again. One day he's driving on the highway with his wife and he sees a state patrol car coming up behind him. And he says to his wife, Hey, quick, take the wheel. I got to put my seatbelt on. So she does take the wheel and right then the patrolman pulls them over. Patrol guy walks up to the car, says to the rancher, Say, I uh, noticed you weren't wearing your seatbelt, sir. The rancher says, I was too, but you don't have to take my word for it. My wife here is a good Christian woman. You ask her, she'll tell you the truth. She doesn't lie about anything. So the cop says to the wife, Oh, is that right? Well, uh, so how about it, ma'am? And the wife says, I've been married to Buck for 20 years, officer. 
And one thing I've learned in all that time is this. You never argue with him when he's drunk. <laughs> okay. That's a good one. Hey, you like that one? Maybe I should quit while I'm ahead. That was a good one. I didn't but... see that one coming. <laughs> I wanna thank you for letting me be myself again. I wanna thank you for my soul. Thanks for listening to Peculiar Podcast. Hey, goodbyes. (laughs) Join Pat and Lisa online at PeculiarPodcast.com. The gift that keeps on giving the whole year. And on the Peculiar Podcast Facebook fan page. Sweet. On Twitter at Peculiar Podcast, at Mr. Pat Cashman, and at Foster Chick. Join us and live in peace or pursue your present course and face obliteration.